Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, episode 117. You can come through. Okay. In which <clears throat> Dan Garber and Terry Senna and I interview Tamra Lucid. But first, Thomas and the Wolf. I have no idea what you just heard because I haven't recorded it yet. All right, so uh, for this one, I'm going to be uh, in a few episodes. A few episodes ago, I recorded um, chapter one of Thomas and the Wolf. And if you have a copy of this, you'll note that under the dedication, it says for my dad, not to be mistaken for uh, dedicated to my dad. This is for my dad. He passed away in 1993, so I figure he'll be somewhere in his mid to late 20s by now, and I'm hoping he'll read this. Anyway, I'm not going to read all of Chapter 2, but most of it. Chapter 2, entitled Dream. You and I, we've been on a long journey, and every, se every step of it is contained in the right now. Or is it, rather, that we've stayed in the right now and run through a holographic projection tape of a long journey. Does it matter that much of a difference one way or the, does it make that much of a difference one way or the other? Can you run the tape forwards and back again as I can or can't you? It doesn't matter whether you can or can't. People often get stuck on hope, despair, Fear, courage, aha, and huh, when they run their tapes. <clears throat> this makes them act their tapes out again and again. As for you and me, what are we bragging about? This also makes us act our tapes out again and again. So that's the end of the red letter text. Now we're moving on to the regular green text. If you've read Never Ending Story, then you have a clue what that means. Samuel. Who's there? My name's not Samuel. Thomas was walking through a great forest beside a knotted network of roots. He stopped and crouched down to see a pool of rainwater collected there. Samuel. Who's there? There's no Samuel here. Thomas walked away from the roots, off the path into a field of fresh green wheat. He saw a face in the sky. He squinted, blocking the sun with his hand. I know you. Tom recognized the face of the man from the free speech rallies, the one who calls himself the wolf. Tom had openly mocked him before on his channel. The wolf's face seemed to fill the whole sky. He looked down directly at Tom and said, Samuel. Thomas woke with a start. There's a little dot indicating we're moving on to a next, another section, but it's still chapter two. Gwen sat, across, Gwen sat across the table from Thomas, pondering the meaning of his dream. 
you probably just subconsciously feel guilty for ridiculing the poor guy. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but I mean, the guy's a loon. It was their first time meeting for lunch as just friends in the usual spot. Tom interjected, well, I wouldn't. I'm not a mental health care specialist. I don't know if he has any issues like that going on, but no. The guy who howls in the desert with a dead animal on his head and thinks that everybody needs to read Ayn Rand is a perfectly rational, well-adjusted guy? I'm just saying we shouldn't call him a loon. Oh, right, Gwen sipped her mocktail, a little embarrassed. I just mean, obviously, he attends these far right-wing rallies drunk, he appropriates other cultures, and thinks it's okay to wear First Nations religious regalia, talks about karma as if he knows what that is. He's just some dumb New Age redneck. Gwen, we shouldn't, Tom advised, worried he might be mansplaining. I know, I know, he just pisses me off. Me too. I don't like him either, Tom said, finishing his kale salad. Dot. <clears throat> if I tell you something, do you promise not to laugh? Gwen nodded. Tom looked around leaned in and said quietly, I know this is totally not like me, but I think there was something more to it. I think I'm supposed to find him and meet him. I don't know why, but I can feel it in my bones. Maybe I could interview him and confront him about his views and what he represents. Gwen shook her head. Even if you mean well, the end result would be you're just giving him airtime. You're letting him get his message out there. He won't directly answer your questions. He'll use your platform to talk to his own base and your reputation will never recover. Tom nodded. Hmm. He sipped his soy chai latte. I'll figure out a way to do it where that doesn't happen. You're gonna email him or what? He doesn't have email. Thinks it's the mark of the beast or something. Then what? You're going to one of those rallies? Tom's eyes lit up. No. He'll be at Burning Man. I'm gonna go ahead and finish the chapter. These chapters are short. The book is short. Pick it up. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Hello, it's me, Thomas, again. Welcome back. If you're new, welcome for the first time. Anyway, I'd like to thank all of you because today I received... Tom spent an inordinate, inordinate amount of time opening a package, revealing his new silver rectangular thing from YouTube. My friends, my fans, my subscribers, this is really yours. Because if it weren't for all of you out there fighting the good fight, well, Tom put the award on one of the shelves in the obligatory black bookshelf behind him. It's a dream come true, making these videos full time. I'm independent, more or less. I can pay the bills, barely. No, really. But sometimes it's, I won't call it a nightmare, it's just, well, you all might remember when I took a, a week off last year. When I returned, suddenly I wasn't in anybody's recommended videos anymore. People weren't being notified. So yes, the almighty algorithm punishes people for taking time off. We should form a union, a union against AI. Anyway, right now I'm gonna record three videos back to back and set them to automatically release every other day, buying myself six days of vacation time. I'm 
might have beat the system, guys. I won't say where I'm going, but just so you know, I'm pursuing a possible interview with a person, someone I've talked about here on this channel before, but I want to put my feelers out and see if that would even be a good idea first. So, if that pans out, then you'll be hearing more about it later. But today, I want to talk a little more about my personal hero, cue dramatic sound effect and, gr and graphic title, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. What the? Weren't we just... Uh, well, <laughs> this is a strange dream. Incidentally, Dream, as I mentioned, was the uh, title of that chapter. <clears throat> uh, in which Tom has a dream that he sees the wolf calling him Samuel for some reason. The wolf has a dream that's informed by Ayn Rand. And uh, Tom has a dream that's uh, informed by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I, in the subtext, have a dream that involves being able to contact my dad in his new incarnation. And uh, what would he think of me if he saw me, if, if, if a young intellectual Zoomer saw me? <laughs> Some new age uh, guy, Gen Xer, appropriating other people's cultures. I don't know what he'd think. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, wouldn't it be nice if he read Thomas and the Wolf? And it was a, a bit like a whisper that seemed familiar. And wouldn't it be interesting if that eventually led him to read some of the source material, the Samuel parts, uh, his own book that he wrote in a past life. Maybe it could give him a head start in this life. Happy birthday, Dad. Um, so, enough about that. Let's move on to making the ordinary extraordinary. In today's episode... Daniel Garber and Terry Senna and I interviewed the author of Making the Ordinary Extraordinary, Tamara Lucid. We talk about many things. We talk about Philosophical Research Society, Manly P. Hall, Marie Hall, and uh, the Galactic Mother. Um, so without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Welcome back to the Esoterra Nerd Podcast. Greetings from Hello. New Mexico. Yay! We made contact. Yes. Okay, I can hear you now. Cool. Can you hear? Yeah. Okay. Wow. You look like a ghostly apparition. It's a little blurry. Greetings, Soar. Welcome for the first time to the Esoterra Nerd Podcast. Hello. Hi. Yay! This is exciting. Wow, it really is. A blast from the past. How are you? You look you look awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm wearing the uh you remember this outfit from the nightmares. That outfit. <laughs> yeah. Are you still with us, Dan? Pardon oh. me? Oh, there's a third there's a third person here, but he might have drifted away. He looked like a ghostly apparition. But, uh, well, he'll come back. Anyway, yeah, it's not often we, we have people from the alma mater on uh, the Esoterra Nerd. Oh, how fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you been the past, oh God, how, how long has it been, 20 years? 
you when did you leave uh, 13 so okay, okay nine years yeah because we went to dinner with daniel and nancy that's true oh i left in 17 yeah right before you left so right, that's right. Oh, you oh yeah i'm good i'm good have you seen them at their new place in burbank i have not okay okay that's I'm my gonna... subtle way of asking if you went with the schism no, I <laughs> stayed where I was. <laughs> yeah, I hope they're doing well. I wonder if one day they'll come on here. Um, yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, I asked Todd, oh, I don't know, seven years ago, but hey, Todd, I know you're watching that you're cordially re-invited to the Esoteric Nerd podcast. We'd love to have you on and any of the others too, but mostly you. Um, you know how it is. Yeah, he's he's so knowledgeable Todd yeah, is. yeah and daniel's already been on you know it'd be a repeat of what we've already done before and nancy of course it'd be lovely to have on we could talk a bit of taoism a bit of buddhism a bit of golden dawn that'd be a trip yeah and she's got a really strong connection to the holy mother mm. that that's beautiful that's true yeah yeah so cool well, hopefully uh, the others will be joining us uh, pretty soon. So you you read? Uh... I, I did, look. Oh, nice. We both got it. Oh, what a good book. I just finished it today. I had to read the, the, the second half kind of quickly because I was, you know, like, I, I'm a slow reader I'm, and I put things off to the last minute. It's a horrible habit, but I really enjoyed it. And it was a little sad toward the end, though, but yeah. Yeah, it was sad yeah. um, to end it with that type of, I mean, he had such a huge legacy. Yeah, um, yeah, but it was so. such a beautiful story while it lasted. Oh, I, yeah. I, I um, started reading and it was one of those I couldn't put down. Yeah. Um, you know, it. she does, you know, the occult brings out that cast of characters and yeah. she identified <laughs> all of them. Yeah. <laughs> And I love her descriptions of the architecture around Las Feliz of uh, PRS itself and the architecture like across the street on the north side of Las Feliz and the Halls place. I feel like I was there. Their tea house, their Japanese tea house. I feel like I was there with Alan Watts yes. in a lecture he gave. Yes. You know. Yes. She made um, them very real and accessible. Mm. Yeah. 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 Funny, That's what I like. like. Like yeah funny old folks <laughs> I, I i enjoyed it immensely yeah, yeah me too. I, I couldn't put it down i zipped right through it yeah yeah i'm trying to get back in i i think i was a victim of um you know when i was supposed to be learning to read i uh, atari was you know the big thing and then nintendo <laughs> came shortly after that so i just was you know that generation oh i had a plan and i'm not following through with my plan Okay. No normally I do this. There we go. Now I'm in, I'm really here. <laughs> I'm lit up. <laughs> I was in the shadows before. <laughs> See, and I got the incense smoke behind me. It's all, you know, part uh, of the stage. Yeah. The psychodrama yeah, like of it all. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I just came so, in my muggle outfit. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. So yeah, I'm trying to get back into the swing of reading. I've got this bookshelf here. Um, I've got the Buddhist nice. books, you know, thing going and I'm reading every day of half an hour. Well, trying to read half an hour a day of Buddhist books on, on YouTube and 
you know, uh, getting, getting into the swing of it, you know, trying to become more scholarly and less of a YouTube and social media addict. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it looks like Daniel's trying to come on. Okay. Let's That's what see. I see. I see on my screen. Daniel. He used to Hello. be known as, there he is. Well, there's his name anyway. <laughs> we hear your voice and we see your name. I guess that's enough. By names and images, there you our go. powers awakened and reawakened. Okay, I, I'm gonna do audio only to keep my bandwidth down. Okay, fair enough. We saw we saw you for a moment. People can remember, and uh, yeah, that'll add an interesting element. So it's it's nice. Sometimes I like to meet up with the co-host, or in this case, plural co-hosts before the guest comes, and that seems to have happened serendipitously, so. <laughs> nice to meet you, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you're in New yeah. Mexico. Yeah, and there's a big storm going on outside my trailer. I'm in a house trailer, well, in a 31-foot travel trailer. Oh, wow. And uh, so hopefully that noisy noise won't, uh, interfere wow now uh terry do you know naha in uh in silver lake is she in silver lake at the temple of what's it called brother temple of intuition house of intuition do you do you know her have you met her i have not i know okay. of the, i know of the place but i have not met right. her okay okay i was gonna uh now daniel was one of her uh big influences uh, and a teacher okay. years ago oh, so good. yeah so there's the there's a connection that you guys may already have indirectly and then terry of course she and i were in the same uh you know we're, we were involved with the same group for many years so we were yeah. A lot of the, a lot of our, our our most deep traumas we experienced <laughs> together. So it's a little bit like an old war buddy. <laughs> That's right. We can celebrate. We got through it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It made us, you know, deeper, stronger individuals. Stronger, stranger, something. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> we worked. We worked through all, all our old trauma. Mm hmm. Hundred mm. percent. Yeah. Yeah. 100% or at least 70. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. Nice. Now, brother, um, you're going to be doing participating in this in the Sundance again this year. Yes, sir. Nice up in uh, the Lakota Territory. Beautiful. The Pine Ridge Pine Ridge Reservation. Mm. Oh. A rare it's opportunity a for white folk. Yes, it's very humbling. It's an mm. honor. Mm. Good for you. And to to me, that's a uh, a big difference between uh, those ways and the hermetic ways. Uh, hermetic ways, in particularly Crowley uh, derived groups, it seems to me that they're all about the ego fulfilling one's own will whereas the lakota ways are all about shedding that ego and and becoming humble he used to be known as Wiz garber before they got to him 
<laughs> now he goes by his, uh, his given name. <laughs> In the spirit of that humility. That's true, actually. I think this is your fifth time on the Esoteran Nerd, brother. Is that a record? I no, Kess Fry has the record. He uh, he's been on six times. <laughs> oh, so almost. Yeah, but close. Yeah, one more and you're tied. Yeah, you're there. <laughs> it's like it's like the con when they um, competitively just you know host Saturday Night Live. So. <laughs> yeah, Alec like Baldwin again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you can hear uh, uh, Dan's whole story. This goes for you, Sora, and for the everyone watching. Um, on the main Esoteric Nerd website, if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see his name, and you'll see his name with a one, with a two in front of it, and then a three and a four. And you can hear when we first met and uh, and and talked, and we were I, we were in the temple in my old sanctuary, and I was you know had the phone and I was just recording while we were hanging out at the house, the old house. And then uh, and then your your buddy Walter came on and you co-hosted that one. Remember? Yes. And uh, I was worried about him because I saw his episode, eight people watched it in like two days. And I was like, oh my God, is he still alive? You know? <laughs> and uh, so I wrote to him, I'm like, dude, are you okay? And then he wrote back, yeah, you know, I'm fine. Good to hear from you. I was like, you know, so, uh, you know, so then you came on again. Oh, you're right, right. You came on and uh, a friend of mine at the time was co-hosting and, uh, and you talked about the Lakota. You were just getting in hardcore into the Lakota path. I mean, you were in already, but you were shifting your focus away from Hermeticism completely and focusing on the Lakota path. And then I think the the uh, fourth and fifth. Oh, this is your sixth time, brother. You're tied with Kess. Um, the, so the fourth and fifth times were the attempted conversation and then the successful conversation where you talked to Robbie and I about the whole experience. The other thing you were talking about was the uh, the protest, the, uh, the, the oil pipeline protest. Yes. And, uh, and uh, Tamara, is that where you met Tamara or did you know her before that? Well, uh, she interviewed me after I came back from Standing Rock, right? Because she was she was very interested in that whole movement, and in particular, she did a documentary uh, about the women of Standing Rock. Mm -hmm. um, so when she published that interview, uh, there were some people that were involved in Standing Rock called the Lakota People's Law Project. Mm -hmm. Those people read that. Uh, interview with me and decided to hire me and send me out to Pine oh, Ridge wow. with my all all expenses paid. Wow. So she had a very big influence on, on your path. Yes. Wow. But this cool. do, this documentary that she worked on is is quite something. It's uh you should have you should talk to her about that. Okay, cool. Is it on YouTube? No. I don't okay. think it's there yet. Oh, hey! <laughs> Welcome! <Hi>. Thank you. <laughs> the guest of honor has arrived. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest for tonight. Wow. So nice just to, to be, you. Just to be retentive about it, that's Shannon Kring's movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's been eavesdropping. <laughs> just listening. Shannon's in the water protectors. Okay, okay. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, we recommend uh, all of that. And uh, wow, it's really, really nice to meet you. I just, I feel like I already know you because I've been, uh, I, I've been absorbed in this all day. And uh, beautiful, just beautiful. I mean, the yeah. end was very sad, but uh, not to like put spoilers out. Everybody should read this. Don't listen to what I said about the ending. <laughs> we'll edit that. Now the ending is sad. Yeah, it, it is sad. Yeah, yeah. but, but it's, uh, the rest of it. It's a story, a so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, stories have endings. They tend to. And sometimes they're sad. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. I like your cat. Which one? Uh, the one here, the black one. Oh, wait, is this a background? That cat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a real cat meowing somewhere. <laughs> oh, there's there's many cats in my house. There are many cats, very yes. Nice, very nice. <laughs> Wouldn't be a home without them. How nice. Well, let me introduce you. Um, this is Terry, an old friend of mine. We were in the Hi, same Terry. Golden Dawn group together. Nice. Yeah. And then you know Daniel, of course. I'm not sure I do. <laughs> he basically introduced us, even though we were Facebook friends already, but yeah. we had only we had only said hello, and that was as far as that went. But then he said, "You have to interview my friend," and I said, "Oh, okay." And then I became more aware of who you are, and and uh, I love your descriptions of the architecture of PRS and uh, the houses north of Las Feliz, and I don't know. It's just I mean I I those are my old stomping grounds. Uh, but I think for even people who aren't from that area, it'll it'll really paint a picture for them. Yeah, well, it's just um, so archetypal. Yeah. And it also, it has this like mirage thing because it's modern. Um, and it, these these buildings and these houses were just, they always did remind me of, of, of seances in the 20s, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> this is going to be exciting and kind of what Mr. Hall was doing when he first got here you know he mm. he was giving his lectures in living rooms mm. and you know developing his skills and and developing his style and what he was going to do eventually yeah um all those crazy kids <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I really enjoyed the book I, I just you made Mr. Hall so relatable and accessible instead of, you know, some mystic out there that, you know, I can't tap into. And I appreciated that. Oh, that, thank you. Yeah. Um, he really, but he really was. He was so genuinely um, genteel and sweet and caring and um, also very funny really funny guy he always i mean he I, he always made me look like such an idiot because i he just you know raise an eyebrow and look at me and, and i'd start snickering helplessly I, i'm a really cheap laugh i know i am but um hey it's good for the room edward has the same uh character <laughs> It, you know, it's, I'm just like one of those people that can't suppress that, you know, if something makes me laugh or I think it's funny, I'm going to laugh in inappropriate yeah. places, you know, funerals, <laughs> things like that. It's a very serious moment. 
Sorry. <laughs> the more serious, the more impossible it is not to laugh. <laughs> I, I really believe that's true. Yeah. And Marie, I didn't know, I had heard a little bit about her uh, asking, you know, I, that was one thing I noticed. I wasn't very close to DRS, but uh, my mom and I would go, my dad, of course, passed away in 93, but then after that, I would go with my mom and then she passed away in 98, so I'd go alone, you know how it is. But, uh, but I noticed, especially in the 90s, uh, that there were these older ladies that when you brought up Manly P. Hall, they would glow. They would just go into a dream and smile and just start talking, you know. I was like, okay, I, you know, like, I think she was in love with him, you know, or, or something my mom and I would it was talk just, back and forth. Yeah, I mean, there, I think he just, he, he bred that kind of affection because of his, his, his kindness. Yeah, yeah. You know, if somebody's throwing a nice vibe out, people will respond in kind, yeah. you know. But it was nice that so they told us a little bit about Marie, but it was nice to get a very full picture and kind of now I feel like I can hear her accent and, you know, the bracelets and the height and, you know, just her full personality. And driving. Driving, yeah. And that old, what was it? Driving was an experience. Yeah, yeah. That old 70s car. And I know, of course, that driveway exactly where she would have driven and then down to that intersection. And, <laughs> yeah, that driveway was exciting too. I, I just recalled that. Yeah, we, we, yeah. How she running that red light right outside? Yeah. <laughs> merely signs and and you know stop signs and stop lights. Merely suggestions that yeah. were annoying. <laughs> so their house. I mean, now that they you know it's in the past. Where was it? Was it very close to PRS? Was it? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like just kind of that street or like yeah the left cross or Los Feliz and go up Culverst. Okay. I think it was something like that. Oh wow. And it was just a couple blocks up there. It was just a, a beautiful little just beautiful space. All those all those um houses there had big yards. I I love yeah. the big yards, yeah. you know. And big old trees, beautiful mm. old trees. There you yeah. go. And on the way up to Griffith Observatory. I've probably passed that house a number of times. And then I was Uber driving before I left uh, California. So I probably passed that house. Oh, I don't know, a hundred times. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. What That's what people goes. always, always said about PRS is I've, I've been driving past that place for 10 years and I've always thought I want to go in and, you know, the public yeah. was welcome, yeah, but they yeah. never did. I was lucky. I had parents that brought me there before I could big decisions you know so and Bodhi tree I grew up at the Bodhi tree too oh so beautiful I, yeah. I miss that store to this day oh, I God. think I think we all do yeah I yeah. that was my one stop whatever the the event when you yep. needed to get a present um when you needed to shift your psyche a little bit because of something or other you could always mm -hmm. go to the Bodhi tree and mm -hmm. just it was such an intellectual and, and spiritual refreshment, just mm -hmm. like water. You know, it's it, beautiful. Later this month, my wife and I are going to Bodh Gaya and we're going to see this tall, ancient Bodhi tree, probably not the actual Bodhi tree that he sat under, but, you know, an ancient Bodhi tree that everybody reveres and there's flags around it and monks chanting. And still, it'll be a poor substitute for that little bookstore in Hollywood, you know? Um, <laughs> true. And, you know, 
you have to remember that was before the internet was yeah. as strong as it is now. So that's where you went to get your knowledge and information. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was there. Google. Yeah. It was Google. Yeah. Before alt magic. <laughs> Now, I, I wanted to bring up Marie, too, because um, we have a, a shared friend, Victoria, um, that took uh, Marie under her wing, basically, there at the end of Marie's life. And Marie shared quite a bit of her knowledge with Victoria, who has then, you know, shared that on with others. And um, I just... You know, when I I learned about Marie before I learned about Manly because of their friendship. And I just thought, I think Marie was just ahead of her time. She was just, she had some knowledge that is just now, I think, where uh, people could actually start to absorb the sacred geometry that she was trying to teach. And it just, it, she was a little ahead of her time. Definitely, definitely. She, um, sacred geometry. Um, we asked Mr. Hall once privately um, what he really thought of, of Marie's work. And he said, she's in the, the lineage of great Christian mystics, um, a Jacob Bamey, for example. And, and Marie, Marie's philosophy um, rather line up. It's, it's very much the same, he said. And um, I think that just, she had a problem with um, selling it. Mm. She did not to sell it correctly. And she, you know, I put in the book about how she would, you know, hey, Marie, why don't you do your own lectures? Ah, I'm no good at that. You know, I get too excited. And um, that, that was one of the problems. And that was also one of the reasons why people misinterpreted her, because she was trying desperately to express this stuff um, to get people on board with her particular philosophy. And um, she'd just be too excited. She'd be, you know, get amped up and for it. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a, a little bit of the Galactic Federation and, and all that stuff that's much more popular now. Uh, the, the Galactic Mother, the, the Universal yep. Mother. Yep. I mean, that, and then that made me think of Tara, not the Buddhist one, but the old uh, Indian one, the, the goddess of the sky, and of course, Newt in uh, Egyptian. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, but when, when you were describing about how she, in one breath she was talking about Yeshua or Jesus and then Avalokiteshvara and with tears in her eyes and, and I, I was like, okay, I know where she's coming from. I mean, because people can talk spirituality, blah, blah, blah. They can talk Jesus, they can talk Buddha. But when you're talking about Avalokiteshvara with tears in your eyes, that means that you have tapped into deep compassion. Right. You've had the experience. Yeah. Cosmic compassion. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, and she's trying to explain it to us simpletons. <laughs> and nerds and scholars and dusty old men with dusty old books. <laughs> dusty old ideas, <laughs> dust <it>. eaters. <laughs> I was so curious if she mentioned any of that or one of my favorites was um, talking about something about time. 
And she had, I have more respect for time than to wear it on my wrist. Oh, so good. Mm. Wow. But this Are is also, mm. I was going to say, this is also, she's talking matriarchy. Mm. Um, she's talking serious female energy. Um, the forgotten part of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. How you, how are you going to get a family right. out of that? Right. Um, <laughs> kind of tweaked the um, Trinity concept a little <laughs> to the masculine side. Good for you, boys. <laughs> but that's not exactly the balance we were looking for and we're talking about here. Yeah. So, you know, any, anyone talking, uh, restoring the feminine energy, um, the, the rightful place, the, the equal place of female energy, uh, you're going to be considered outrageous and terrible and, and evil, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, evil is one of our big, big check. So, um, yeah. Lilith um, and all that. That's why we've got Kali hanging here. I, I, I tell my wife, you know, you can get as angry at me as you want, even irrationally angry. I'll just love you more because I like Kali. You know, I'm not one of those people who call you Lilith if you have a bad mood or something. Well, yeah, I, I'm more of a Sekhmet type. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sekhmet Hathor, Kali Parvani. Sekhmet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not the pretty side, the justice <laughs> side. Yeah. Nice. And she's still working for the patriarchy, you know, she's working for her dad. So, mm. you know, mm. but you know, if, 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 if the infants are going to get a little lippy, they're going to have to deal with stuff. They need to know the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nephthys was the one, the one that, oh, we were talking about how she, she, my mom was Nephthys on AOL back in the 90s, and you were Sekhmet, probably crossed paths in one of those old groups back when the internet was just, when there was, there was a Earthlink and Netscape was new, that was just right, coming, right. coming, you know, but everybody had those AOL free 24 hours, free 48 hour yeah. know, CDs. Two Dixie cups and a string. <laughs> Now, is Marie, are Marie's books available? Are they sold or are they any used copies available or new prints? I, I personally have uh, some of her reference books that uh, Victoria Jennings had given to me. Um, they're actually on loan with some friends that Edward and I have in common, Michelle and James Clark. Oh, cool asked to borrow them because they were researching manly but um i do have a book of her sacred geometry drawings um but there's not a lot of uh content as far as describing what they are and and how she um they came forward for her or anything it's just these drawings that they do they pull your consciousness into the actual drawing and that was the point of her work, I believe. So she doesn't have, I don't think she ever published anything. Did she, Tamara? Probably only through, well, probably through Veritat, now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. through, through PRS, right. I know that there were pamphlets and things that were available at the gift shop. 
and um, probably mail order. Hmm. But I, I would I would have no idea. I think I have seen things, maybe eBay, um, mm. occasionally. Probably for a thousand dollars or something. Right. Mm. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Who's um, running PRS these days? Is it Fritz? I'm out of the loop. Oh, I had a no, not Fritz. Oh, good. I didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> No. I mean, I don't know him. I, I only know him through this. But <laughs> he was like, what was it, Daniel? Uh, Worm, Wormsworth or Wormwood? In, uh... Worm tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Lord of the Rings. Worm tongue, right. Worm tongue. Yeah, yeah worm tongue. <laughs> yeah, poor Manly. Oh, that's a sympathetic image. Well, we don't know if the, the uh, well, we don't know if Mr. Hall didn't take that on um consciously mm. now do we mm. <laughs> oh, you're right mm. so yeah <sighs> well let's get back to a happier subject <laughs> <laughs> music i like um i hope you don't mind i uh i'm i i'm going to be putting um uh to be you at the very end of this episode and uh, and I, I I wanted to mention that when when in that brief part where Ronnie is singing, he reminded me of Fred Schneider from B fifty twos. I hope that that's a compliment. <laughs> I'm not sure. You'll have to ask Ronnie. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed that, and I I faded in. I I I'm sure you'll like it. I, I faded in a, some some images of PRS and things like that very subtly in the background nice. yeah put a nice little thing so yeah just to close people can kind of hear you know especially people who are are going to read this or maybe they have read this then the characters can kind of come alive you know on the screen for them for <laughs> and we'll link to uh to lucid nation on youtube as well <laughs> you might scare some of them off <laughs> <laughs> no that's no, good yeah, Tamara, are you still doing music? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It's yeah, it's it's definitely a, a part of my life. So I do it. Um well, right, considering the pandemic and everything, we we have had to improvise our uh expression of it, but we're looking forward to working with some people again and, and you know have to have to play it by ear right now and how appropriate yeah <laughs> playing it by ear uh, good daniel point. you're so quiet hmm? daniel is I'm quiet just, i'm just listening. the facilitator here Ah, I <laughs> no, no, say something. I uh, I made notes, but then I lost them, so I don't know. <laughs> my dog ate my notes. <laughs> I I was uh, earlier saying to to Edward, you know, one of your chapters is called Cast of Characters, mm -hmm. and the occult does bring out such a cast of characters. And that it's almost archetypal, it, you know, we've all been in different groups and there, there's always, you know, the, those same 
characters in the groups. Mm. And, and you were, I like the way you described them because you were very authentic. You know, you didn't gloss over their craziness or anything, but yet you were respectful as to, you know, their nature and who they were. Cause, cause I know some of these characters, you know, it's hard to, to even have, you know, converse with them. So <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are archetypal. They um, really are. And, and speaking symbolically, it's, 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 you know, in storytelling, especially that medium, um, that's where the observation and the experience really comes in handy. And, and you can apply that and really show not only the individual, but the dynamic that that kind of personality brings to any group. Um, also the response, you know, you know, my personal response to these, these people on their path, you know, I'm just an observer here and this is what I saw. And some of it was quite interesting. Um, <laughs> some of it was, um, well, it would take one back a bit. Um, and, but mostly it was just a fascinating study in the human condition, the, yeah. the, the human experience mm. and watching people on a path, on their path, spiritual path right. um, is always interesting. It's what all those books are about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was it. You didn't judge any of these people. You were just the observer and you shared your observations. And I appreciated that you presented them in that way and your experience in that way yeah think jane goodall or or darwin observing <laughs> the evolution on the spiritual path it's like oh ah, so this is what they do oh. Oh. <laughs> i do have a question um the the old theosophical society uh was actually a working group and there were initiations and I'm wondering whether there was anything like that, any kind of formal initiation into PRS. Absolutely not that I know of at all. I've never met anyone who said that. Mm. Um, didn't happen to us. <laughs> Unless you um, count the invitation into his office. <laughs> right. Um, got to see the vault. Um, yeah. But no, I did nothing, no formal religious thing like that. Now, he was a Mason, um, 33rd degree Mason. And I, I know that's, that's high up. So um, whether or not he had anything with his brothers in Masonry um, that they, I, I don't know. But no, there was nothing that I know of was like that. Yeah, he was a he was a 33rd degree Scottish Rite Mason. Mm -hmm. uh, my my father was a 32nd degree. So I know a little bit about it. Uh, the 33rd is an honorary thing. And it's very, it's very rare, actually. Uh, do you know anything about how he how that came about or anything about that? No, no. I mean, I didn't interview him. I just ended up being friends with him and working for him. So I, I never went. So how did you get that? Um, <laughs> I was there when he got his honorary doctorate 
and he found that terribly amusing and um, he thought it was very flattering and very kind, but he didn't take it very seriously. Sort of like, (laughs) yes, Dr. Hall. (laughs) And he was like, nah, that's no. Um, But he he thought everybody um, who came over from the college and they stayed, stayed at their house and they got to hang out with him. And he he thought that was delightful. Um, But he just liked people. He liked talking to people. He liked hearing their points of view and, and, but it was, it was merely a kindness and he didn't, yeah, that, that kind of seriousness um, I, I never experienced. We, I wasn't talking on that level, you know. I, I have a, I guess a question. I, I wonder if you can elaborate a little bit. I mean, uh, I, I noticed, I mean, of course, it's very clear that Marie and Manly philosophically were on opposite ends of the universe, it seems like. Um, she would wait outside, she wouldn't even listen to his lectures, and then when she was inside, she'd interrupt and she'd you know, tell him he was, he was completely wrong. And then, uh, but they loved each other so much. And they, I, I think if, if I recall correctly, they had an overlap where they both agreed on kind of this utopian Rosicrucian vision of what America is supposed to be. Am I am I off on that, Miss Harry? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I I don't know about that. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. Where did that come from, Edward? Um, so well, I mean, <laughs> all right. Let's let's unpack this. Marie could not sit still if someone else was lecturing on her philosophy right okay um, so when manly tried to explain her philosophy then she okay went that berserk. Was when i was reading yeah. too quickly <laughs> she was just <laughs> yeah yeah she was very fussy and she was very articulate and very precise about her work right and he would of course put it in the flavor of his style right that was not that was not effective as okay, far as marie okay. was concerned okay and now I think that as far as his lectures, she just wasn't interested. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And she had things to do at home, and you know, her own writing and her own business. And then she had to pick them up and they had to go to Michael's because it was Sunday. Hmm. Um, So, you know. There was their ritual. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I guess guess the reason I'm bringing it up is because it was such a – you know, I mean, for me, it was such a disappointment as a young man <clears throat> reading uh, Paul Foster Case's uh, Great Seal of the United States and kind of catching that bug of, oh, America is this great utopian vision. And then gradually, you know, war after war, Afghanistan, then Iraq, too, and everything kind of becoming more and more dis- dis- disappointed and uh, losing that at all. You know, I mean, it, it was like I put it on a pedestal and then it fell off hard and the, the statue broke. And well, then- that's you see, this is the thing. Um you're disappointed in the work of the humans mm. and the business of government and mm. territory and all that stuff. Mm. But the idea, the principle, the ideal, mm. that's valid. Mm. 
that utopian ideal is valid. And but don't be disappointed in the ideal. That that's something you strive for. This right. is this is, you know, you're supposed to work towards that. Now, in a that's why they preempt it. In a perfect world, and this is how I see a perfect world, all these bad things would be gone. Yeah. But this is an idealized mental construct. Mm. And when you apply that to anything, um, that could be applied in um, the music scene I was in. Mm. Um, the ideal. I did a dumb thing, guys. I didn't record the second half of it. So uh, unfortunately, all I have for you is the first half. Thank you, Tamara Lucid, for being our guest today on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Thank you, Dan Garber and Terry Senna, for co-hosting this episode. Thank you to Susumu Ueda and his father and the other monks at Jofuku Inn on Mount Koyasan for the music you're hearing right now. Thank you to Camille and Kennerly for the harp transition into and out of the interview itself. A very special thanks to Siberian shaman Olena Utai, who provided the wolf howl that I used behind the, uh, you know, the announcing of the title of Thomas and the Wolf for what perhaps has become a new segment. Just before I read chapter two. That particular howl came from one particular video. This video. Um, wait till the end of this video, but then, you know, backtrack and find that card and watch that video. You won't regret it. Um, also, subscribe to her channel while you're there. And uh, so today, I thought we'd close with something fun. It's a, an old music video from back in the 1990s uh, when uh, Tamara and Ronnie were active with the, um, the band Lucid Nation. And it's just a couple minutes, but I've, I've interspliced some images from uh, Philosophical Research Society in the background behind them. Uh, she's singing and playing guitar, and he's also playing guitar, so you'll get to see both of them. So if you've read this book, Making the Ordinary Extraordinary, then uh, you'll get to see those characters that you're so familiar with come to life on the screen in just a few moments. But first, um, I'd like to plug uh, one of my other series, Buddhist Books. I'm uh, digging through a lot of Buddhist books there uh, with, with some silly commentary and uh, kind of some ups and downs. It's a bumpy ride. It's not a clear straight path. So uh, don't expect enlightenment at all. At all. It's much more of the old dusty men and their old dusty books kind of thing uh, approach toward Buddhism. Um, but I recommend it if you're into that. And so uh, I will close this episode the same way that I close each episode of that with the prayer that my father taught me when I was very young. By the way, happy birthday, Dad. Uh, I thought that it would be nice to, you know, uh, do something Manly P. Hall related on his birthday. So I suggested March 6th as the day that we record this. You might be seeing this on March 7th, uh, but I'm going to try to get this up 
during the day on March 6th, you know, in, in U.S. time zones. Um, so I'll, I'll just do that prayer and then we'll transition directly into the music video, To Be You. And by the way, um, that's uh, Lucination on YouTube, so subscribe to them. Okay. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.